Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 18 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today, I'm joined by Nicole Sanford, Blockchain Product Operations Manager at Shopify, and we'll be talking about intentional commerce with token-gated storefronts. So thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I'd like to start out today with just if you can tell us about your background in life, in crypto, what brought you to Shopify, all of it. Yeah, for sure. So my background in life. Wow. Uh, I grew up in Northern Ontario in a little town. And uh, when I was 18, I was like, got to get out of Dodge. And so I I moved down to Southern Ontario, went to the University of Waterloo, um, proceeded to drop out, do interior design. So I actually have an interior design degree, which is super random. (laughs) Uh, And then I went back and I did philosophy and then uh, ran out of money and decided to start working. And so I worked at a PR and marketing firm as a social media manager. And then um, the opportunity to join Shopify uh, came up. I was volunteering at a soup kitchen with uh, a guy who had started at Shopify and then ended up working his way up and becoming a developer at um, a local startup here. We have a big startup culture here. And uh, at the time, I was like, I want to do something else. I don't want to do social media management anymore. And he's like, well, you can become a dev. Like, you're smart. You kind of know how to code. I can teach you. Um, And I got my start at Shopify as a support advisor. And so I applied to Shopify and uh, for the support advisor role, which is the, the person where when you chat in to support, they answer all your questions. And uh, yeah, got in, thrived, did that for a couple of years. And then the merchant success team um, needed a couple more folks to round out their um, their team. And so I applied to that and started working in the merchant success team just before uh, COVID in 2020. And so I did that for two years. My actual, my first job on the merchant success team was calling every single merchant that we had, I made over like 400 calls in two weeks to see oh, how they man. were doing with COVID. Most of them didn't answer. Um, but the ones that did answer, it was almost worse because some of them yeah. were just like, everything was falling apart. And yeah, so got really thrown into the fire there. Um, and then in May of last year, uh, a company called Super Plastic reached out to Merchant Success and they asked if they could sell NFTs on our platform. Uh, they wanted to take advantage of our flash selling capabilities. Um, and they were having trouble with bonds. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. What's an NFT? And so I Googled it and uh, went on a bit of a journey that has not slowed down and only sped up. Uh, <laughs> so that is when I got crypto pills and uh, yeah, joined the blockchain team and their endeavors. Didn't even know that we had a blockchain team until this merchant reached out and wanted to sell NFTs. And a couple months later, they were our very first launch uh, on our NFT beta program. And uh, so we sold NFTs through Shopify and uh, we've had a bunch of really successful launches since then. And now we are moving into token gated commerce, which is, I know what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, So you haven't been in it that long, but that's cool. You're, so you're still very much, I mean, at your peak excitement, maybe not that it really goes away, I guess, but (laughs) yeah, I would say I'm just getting like more into it 
every single day. And I think I'm getting like annoying to talk to at parties. <laughs> I'm at that point. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Good. Um, great. So yeah, um, that was your first project. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about um, a really interesting project that you have worked on recently. Yes. So recently I had the opportunity to work with Doodles. Um, they did, so they're an NFT project. They're very popular right now. And uh, they did an activation at South by Southwest down in Austin a couple weekends ago. And so they had reached out to us a few weeks prior. They were already on Shopify and they wanted to have um, a token gated commerce experience on their online store. Um, and so they wanted to give holders the opportunity to purchase an exclusive um, like figurine, I guess you would call it, like a physical product. Mm -hmm. um, but they only wanted holders to be able to purchase it. And so we worked with them to help them enable that through an app partner. And then they were they mentioned that they were doing this activation at South by Southwest and they hadn't found um, they hadn't decided on who was gonna power their gift shop. I was like, oh well obviously Shopify should power your gift shop. Our POS solution is amazing. Um, and you're already on Shopify for your physical, for your online store. So it makes sense to have your physical store on our POS as well. Um, and so they were like, okay, cool. Like what can we do with the POS? And it turns out I learned that we have an experiential marketing team and you can do a whole lot of cool stuff. Um, and so <laughs> we worked with our internal experiential marketing team and an external experiential marketing team and created this whole gift shop experience where token holders could scan their badges and like different things would happen in the gift store. So when you, when you walked in, you'd scan your badge and it would say, welcome doodle number one, two, three, four. Um, thank you for entering the gift shop or whatever. And like all these lights would flash and there was like this airplane that was like spitting bubbles and it was like this celebration. Mm-hmm just for entering the gift shop. It was really, people were like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And then once you got in, there was a bunch of other things that you could do. So we had a, um, like a glass dome, kind of like Beauty and the Beast style, you okay. know, glass dome with the yep. rose in it. So we had this glass dome with this um, golden ticket. And if you tap your badge, the dome would go up and they would give you this golden ticket. And that was your ticket to be able to purchase the exclusive merchandise on the POS. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they were showing token gated commerce kind of in real life. And you could also experience it online in a similar way. Um, and there were a bunch of other cool stuff. Like you could tap your badge and your doodle would pop up in the spaceship and you would like go to space and a <laughs> bunch of really neat stuff. It was like Disney. It was like <laughs> Disney for grownups. That's really cool. Very fun. So... I guess you mentioned that you weren't really aware that Shopify was even on blockchain, had anything to do with it until you joined. Um, but maybe you can give us a quick rundown of what Shopify is doing in the Web3 space overall. Yeah, for sure. So we're doing a couple of different things. Some I can talk about a little bit more than others, but I am going to say it's going to be a enough. very big year for mm -hmm. us. Uh, so do stay tuned. Um, but what we're really focusing on right now is token gated commerce. So the idea that if a brand has an NFT project and it doesn't have to be sold on Shopify, it can be anywhere. Uh, if a brand has an NFT project, then buyers can come to that brand's website and connect wallet 
and get a different experience. So right now we've seen a couple, there've been a couple of merchants that have done connect wallet for exclusive merchandise like the doodles. Um, but the possibilities of how this technology can be used are quite endless. Um, so for example, I'm speaking with a merchant right now and I can't say who it is, but hopefully you'll see it soon where the idea is they have a, they have a PFP. So a profile picture project mm-hmm. and um, they, every picture of course is unique and they want to sell merch with that specific picture on the hat or the t-shirt or whatever it is. And so what we're trying to see if it's possible, which I'm, we're pretty sure it is, but we're still building it, um, is for a customer to connect wallet. And then through that connect wallet, the page changes and they can only see the merchandise for their NFT. So they can see their specific collection. Um, and so based on what I know in my technical knowledge, this is possible. It just hasn't been done yet. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see like who pulls it off first. Um, but I think that's a really neat experience. And there's other kind of interesting things that you can do because when you connect a wallet and you're looking for an NFT, it doesn't even have to be your own brand's NFT. It can be any NFT. So like maybe you're a shoe store and you do a connect wallet and you want to know who has, um, I don't know, like a, a super plastic NFT in their wallet. Cause maybe super plastic customers are more likely to purchase the like more like brightly colored shoes. This is just mm-hmm. an example. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so you can connect the wallet, scan for that super plastic NFT, and then you could rearrange the page to show the the crazy colored sneakers first. And it's all public information, right? So you can really kind of leverage what's in someone's wallet and what someone's willing to share by connecting their wallet to show different products on a page or token gate different products. So it's really neat the different things that people are going to do. I think we're just at the beginning. Very interesting. Very cool. Um, Can you, through that, maybe without giving away too much, um, walk us through some of the lessons learned so far, both for Shopify and also maybe for the merchants? Yeah. So my biggest lesson learned so far personally throughout all of this is people are very bullish on anything web three like if i say anything or that there's a link or there's a landing page we always get way more clicks than we expected like our our social media for for doodles was like surpassed i think anything we've ever done and we were just not expecting the volume with the nft beta applications like there were just so many people were so excited um and so when i first joined we thought things were going to stay really small and we were like, oh, like some people will be interested. Like it's going to take some convincing. And the biggest lesson I've learned is like, no, <laughs> it doesn't take any convincing at all. People are very excited. Um, lessons learned for Shopify so far. I would say that like having an idea and having an idea with a merchant and then actually implementing it can be two very separate processes. Um, and so, especially when you're working with app partners, um, because all of the, all of the web three technologies right now are, are built on top of Shopify with apps like Venly and mm-hmm. other like token gating apps. And I hope you guys put out a token gating app soon. I don't know if I should ask about that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll hook um, you up with some people. Be, <laughs> that would be good. We would like that. Um, but it's all app partners. So we can say, oh, it'd be so cool if you did this, but because we're not actually building it, we need to be the ones to go to the app partners and say, hey, we have a merchant that needs XYZ. Do you want to build that? And usually you guys are like, hell yeah, let's build it right now. So 
You've been awesome to work with so far. I I love Emily. Awesome. Thanks. We love a cheerleader. It's great. Yeah. yeah, So your lesson that you learned personally, I guess, was that people don't need convincing. Why do you think that is? I think that we are, and I don't know if I'm going to get like hate on Twitter for saying this. So don't, don't come at me, but I think we're kind of at the end of the early adoption Mm -hmm. stage. I think the early adopters have adopted and we're getting to that point in the curve where it's going to kind of go like very, I'm pointing and I don't think this is video. It's just audio, nope, but I'm pointing it's just up. audio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pointing up. Okay. Exponential really increase from like, here. Like exponentially <laughs> go up really soon. And we're in a really interesting kind of awkward time where it's like, it's brewing and mm-hmm. I'm excited. And I'm also like a little scared, but mostly okay. excited. <laughs> Okay, very good. So you've kind of broken down what you mean by intentional commerce with token gated storefronts. You've given us an example. Um, Can you point out some of the main benefits? Yeah. So I think with token gated commerce, um, we're, we're turning buyers into better buyers. I think the idea of being able to as a buyer, being able to connect my wallet and have a merchant show me things that they think I would like based on my wallet contents is so much better than them following me around with like a cookie. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we do it right now is like cookies and they make inferences. Like I, I purchased a pair of really nice pajamas from Revolve a couple of weeks ago and I am still getting ads for those pajamas because my boyfriend purchased them for me. Okay. And so it doesn't understand that I have purchased the pajamas and it's I don't done, know how to stop tell advertising. It, like, yeah. I already have these. Yeah. I like them, but I don't need to see them every day. It's every day. I, I see these pajamas. It's super weird. <laughs> so it would be so much nicer to be able to have a wallet or a couple of different wallets. So like when I'm shopping for me, maybe I want to show a different side of my personality when I'm shopping for me than when I'm shopping for my partner. And so maybe I have two wallets and I keep certain NFTs in one, certain NFTs in the other. And then depending on what I'm shopping for and what my intention is, when I go to do that commerce, I can show a different side of myself. It's kind of like, I like to think of a wallet connect as like a vibe check. Okay. So online stores. So you know, when you like go into a store in person and you're interacting with the the shopkeeper or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it feels really nice when they know you, even if you've never been in there before, like when you start chatting with them, you have that connection. Um, it it can feel really nice. Just like they understand what you want and they're going to like pick different things for you based on like who they think you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And the online store isn't really like, they can't, it can't really do that. It can kind of do some stuff, but like you have to have a customer account, you have to log in and then you don't own your information. So how do you update that customer account information? And it ends up being the same problem as the pajamas. Mm -hmm. Whereas with wallets, you own your wallet and all the contents in it. So if you decide uh, that one day, like maybe you were a vegan and now you're not a vegan anymore. So you can like remove, sell your vegan NFT and then you're not going to be advertised things for vegans or vice versa. Maybe you are a vegan now, so you don't want to see meat. And so you get that vegan NFT and the storefronts react to that. So it Mm -hmm. shows you more plant-based things. If it was like a a supermarket, Mm -hmm. like I think there's really interesting implications there. That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of just following that train of thought then, how do you picture kind of the 
symbiotic relationship between NFTs and gated access and digital spaces and physical spaces? And how, how do you envision that they'll all connect? Yeah. So I think that, I think that you're going to be able in physical spaces to tap your phone and tap your wallet. Cause I think your wallet's going to be connected to your phone and they're already doing something with, I think it's called NCR chips. I can't remember what they're called, but they're like little chips in phones that you can like program information into basically mm-hmm. kind of like RFIDs or they might even be RFIDs. I'm not sure. Clearly I'm a software girl, not a hardware girl. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but I, I picture, I picture an experience where like, what if you walked into a store, tapped your phone and then the lighting changed and it highlighted certain parts of the store for you as a physical experience. That would be so helpful. Like when I walk into, in in Canada, we have a store called Aritzia and it's huge. And I always go to the same section of the Aritzia each time because I like the Babaton brand, but every Aritzia store has it in a different place. And I just want to get in and get out. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's usually really busy. So what if I tap my if I tap my badge and it showed me where the Babaton was? Mm-hmm. That would be so helpful. <laughs> I would love that. That would be so helpful for me. And there's other really like it's kind of like we're, Roble, um, our our director of product tweeted the other day that we're in the toy phase mm-hmm. of all of this kinds of things. So like we're in the phase where it's like oh that's fun, but I think all interesting technologies kind of start in the toy phase. Um, and so even though when you think about it, yeah, is it cool that I can tap my badge and it shows me where to go in the store so I can save some time? Seems kind of inconsequential in theory, but when you think about all of the other implications that that could have, suddenly it becomes a little bit less inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Because what if I was in the grocery store and I needed to get in and out? Or what about like directing the flow of traffic and making things more efficient for people? What if you, I know that Amazon is starting to do uh, their Whole Foods where you walk in and you walk out and you don't have to pay. Like where you pay, but like you don't have to go to the checkout. Yeah, you can just, just walk, walk out with the things out, in yeah. your, mm-hmm. your cart. Mm-hmm. So what about if that had a wallet connect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's really interesting implications in the physical world that I think that most folks haven't really started talking about yet. And then in the digital world, it's super cool because you can go into like, clubs or parties or whatever it is and you know what communities you're going into based on the nfts that you hold so like if i'm going to go into a doodles party i know that it's going to be a certain type of way because all the people that hold doodles are kind of a certain type of way Mm -hmm. and it's going to be different than if i go into i don't know a board ape yacht club party or something like that like it's going to be different because the holders are different and the community is different and so being able to go into digital spaces with some kind of knowing of what you're getting yourself into is, is really can be really nice. Um, especially as a woman in tech, like there are certain places that I just don't go because I know it's not going to be a nice place to be for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there are some places like the women in NFTs discord that are actually amazing and supportive places to be. And so wouldn't it be cool to be able to tap your badge and be able to know like kind of where you fit in at the party Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in digital or physical spaces. But I think digitally we'll see it first. Very cool. You were recently on a panel with our CMO, Jan, 
Um, talking about brands entering the Web3 space, what would your advice for brands be who are maybe not convinced yet and how could they get started? Yeah, I would say I really encourage brands to take their time and really think out their strategy. I think we've seen over the past year or so, a lot of brands really doing it wrong and it'll seem like a cash grab or the the project doesn't actually go anywhere. And I think that what we're finding, especially at Shopify with brands that come to us wanting to sell NFTs, they don't understand how much work it is to actually do a project that brings value to their customers and to their community. And so for brands that aren't convinced yet, it's gotten to a point for me where like, I'm not here to convince them to to do anything. But I think that if they want to stay relevant as we move forward, it would be good to just start having conversations, mm-hmm. like having conversations with other brands that have done it well, or even having conversations with other brands that haven't done it well and learning from from those mistakes and seeking out different advice from from all sorts of places and being really thoughtful and intentional before they ship anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that, could you just for anyone listening, maybe recommend any sources or anywhere to find or to, to think about <laughs> how to do it in a better way versus cash grabbing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a good question. I find with this kind of stuff, because it's so new, sources are hard to find. And then if I say something, there's going to be some kind of scandal next week. And yeah. then it's going to be, it's going to be dicey. So I say like, we're still at the point now where it's very much do your own research. Um, I think that depending on the brand that you are, if you've seen another brand like yours, it's been an NFT project. Just like observe, like take notes. Um, I think there are plenty of people out there that call themselves experts and certified, whatever it is. Uh, I would say be very cautious of those people um, because it's all still so new that I think no one can know everything about it. And everyone is still learning because we're still building it. So if you're a brand that wants to be part of that building, then there are like different people that you can talk to. I think so Bobby hundreds put out a book and I haven't read it yet. It looks really good. Um, I think it's mostly about streetwear, but I think there are a bunch of really interesting um, lessons learned um, from streetwear and streetwear going into NFTs. And because the hundreds is a brand that kind of did that. And they, I don't know if they were the first ones to do it, but they were early uh, with their with their atom bomb squad, so I would check out some of the even the blog posts by by Bobby Hundreds and uh, his book. I think is good, although I have not read it yet. But I think it's going to be good. Yeah, fair enough. You've got your disclaimer in there. It's not yeah, do your own research. I haven't read it yet, but yeah. I think it's good. A book that I have read that is very good, although I don't know if it's good for brands. It's mostly good for like nerds like me. Sure. But Cryptopia mm-hmm. or the uh, the Cryptopians. Okay, it's mm-hmm. um. It's a, a book that just came out by a journalist whose name I can't remember, but I hope you'll put it in the notes. I will put all of this, of this in the notes. So thank you for sure. Um, but it's it's about it's about the like the creation of Ethereum. So it starts with like I think Vitalik when he was a child and like goes through all of all of that. And they talk about the fork and they talk about who they think did it, and it's like big reveal. Um, so it's really interesting. It's a really interesting background 
to how all of this started. So if you're a person who enjoys context, like I do, uh, it's a really good read. Okay. Very cool. Thanks. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Do your own research. Maybe that's the first hurdle, but what do you feel are the biggest hurdles for brands to enter the space at this point? I think a lot of the brands that I talk to know that there's something here, but they don't know how to like make it palatable for their customer base. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of brands come to us and they're like, yeah, I want to do this, but like, I don't know what my customers are going to think. And I always say like, talk to your customers, mm-hmm. <laughs> like talk to them, like, see, I don't know. I see if some of them are open to like having a chat, maybe like if you go into your, your admin and you see the, the customers that have spent the most money at your store, send them a cold email, say, Hey, we would love your feedback. We'll give you a hundred dollars credit for the store. If you hop on a chat with us and talk to them, be like, we're thinking about this web three thing. Like, what do you think? Is this something that you would find interesting? Like, what do you think about intentional commerce? What do you think about token gated commerce? If you had an NFT, would you know how to claim it? Those sorts of things and getting that feedback from actual customers that shop at your store, I think is probably the most important thing because you could build a super cool, awesome NFT project community. But if your existing community doesn't want to participate, then it's not really going to work the way you wanted it to. Mm -hmm. No, that definitely makes sense. Um, So at this point, on on the flip side, I guess, uh, what do you think are the biggest hurdles for buyers? Yeah, so buyers of NFTs specifically, um, in order to participate in token-gated commerce, you have to have the token, right? And you have to have the token and it has to live somewhere. So it has to live in, in a wallet in theory. And you have to know how to connect that wallet in order to sign that transaction to say, yes, I have this token in order for the store to change. And so I think the the UI UX isn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I think that most of the brands that I've seen do really well with this have been um, like not necessarily Web3 first brands, but their their customers are already in the web three like space like they've already been crypto pulled so they understand what's going on i think the biggest hurdle right now is that we haven't quite figured it out for the average consumer like someone who's never touched crypto before and we're getting there like the the shopify nft beta um flow that we have for customers to like purchase an nft on shopify pay with their credit card and then like venly does the fulfillment and it's the whole email click system works pretty well for people we've had really like i don't know about you guys but we've had great feedback on it yeah, um good mm-hmm. but then like and then bringing that to token gated commerce i think is something that we're just starting to see and people are a little bit confused okay. um and so just making the paths even more clear making it even more clear and talking about it more like doing podcasts like this that hopefully people who've never touched crypto before will listen to and making it less scary mm-hmm. i think for people is is another thing um we talk about it at work kind of like it feels like we're in like a basement gym with a bunch of muscle heads and we need to like bring this like you know a gym experience where you like go into a gym and it's like all these massive dudes. And you're like, I don't belong here. I'm scared. And that's kind of what it feels like right now. And we're trying to bring it up to a point where it's just like going to, in Canada, we have something called Good Life Fitness, 
and like there's a couple in each town and it's just bright and welcoming and there's all types of people there and like yes there are the dudes that are grunting but there are also just like like nice old ladies on the treadmill and it's it's a nice welcoming space for everyone so we're trying to bring it up from the basement up to a point where it feels like anyone could just walk in and and start doing it and feel comfortable definitely very very interesting (laughs) comparison there I like it a lot (laughs) um good so I guess moving back to brands for a minute here um do you expect luxury brands to be more active in the web three space than regular brands or is it maybe just that they're innovating faster with that UI UX or is there something else you see yeah so I think this is a really interesting one to think about. Um, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think luxury brands have the opportunity and the resources to move as quickly or slowly as they like a lot of the times. And so with a lot of luxury brands, we'll see very innovative things uh, coming out of them because it's for the very, it's for the very few Um, luxury brands are also like when you think about fashion, um, when you're watching a fashion runway show, those outfits aren't meant to be worn in the street. It's art. And they're meant to show a concept. So like a jumpsuit covered in zippers does not mean that you're going to wear a jumpsuit covered in zippers to the store. It means that zippers, like visible zippers are probably coming back in. And so luxury brands have this really interesting and unique opportunity to be those sort of proof of concept and show that there is something here and then how other brands will apply it will be maybe not as crazy as what they do but it'll be a lot more practical and so I think luxury brands as always I think have been the trendsetters and the the trend predictors and so and we see it with luxury brands like we see Gucci's doing a bunch of stuff we see like a bunch of other luxury brands that are doing a bunch of different things in the web3 space um and so I think that We'll see them first because they're always the ones to do it first. Um, But then we'll see other brands quickly follow. And I think we're going to see them adopt it quicker than what other, like, I think the adoption phase here is going more quickly than things of the past. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm correct, you're saying it's just speeding up the kind of exponential yeah. growth and adoption that you were talking about before. Yeah. Well, because we're so connected now and anyone can do it. Anyone with a computer can set up a node. I set up a, a Bitcoin node a couple months ago and didn't, I was like just at the point of deploying it. And I was like, I should probably ask someone before I do this on my work computer. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious. I just, I learned, I got, uh, my lead told me to read this book called Mastering Bitcoin. And I was like, okay. And he's like, no, I didn't mean actually do it. (laughs) Neat. So it's, it's cool because the information's out there. It's mostly open source. So if, uh, if you have a will, you have a way and anyone can really get into it. And, uh, you don't have to have like a technical background or anything like that. Like I certainly don't have a technical background and, I'm able to do all sorts of stuff I never thought I would be able to do. Good. Very good. Inspiring. (laughs) Yes. Good. Um, Yeah. So if I can, I'd like to try and push you for maybe a couple specific examples of brands that you think have done really well with entering the space. Um, So entering the space. 
I would say the um, the, Budwe- the Budweiser drop was probably one of the most interesting ones to see. Like Anheuser-Busch is a, a legacy brand. They've been around forever. Um, and it was really interesting to see them kind of pushing into NFTs, the metaverse. It's going to be really interesting to see what they have coming down the pipeline because I think they're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing a legacy brand like that, that was really interesting. Um, and then I was very interested in the Gucci shoe drop. That was when it really clicked for me when Gucci released that um, like shoe that you could wear in in a metaverse. Um, obviously, I did, I did not purchase one. And now they're, I think, so expensive that I probably could never afford it. But um, I thought that was a really interesting way of, again, like a proof of concept. Um, there's also a couple other brands that names just escape me right now that are doing some really interesting things with like virtual fashion shows and, and stuff like that. Um, I think Shopify, we either recently put on an article or it is coming out soon about fashion and the metaverse. Um, and so I'll find that for, for you and I'll send you the link because I'm pretty sure it's out. So there's a couple really interesting examples in there of just different fashion brands that are doing neat things um it's a lot of fashion right now we're seeing it in in a lot of fashion brands i think the other brands will catch up but right now it seems every time i read something about it it's it's fashion based but that might just be my curated google news feed i don't know (laughs) that's fair um yeah what what which industries do you think are coming next so fashion e-commerce i guess is right now Uh uh-huh Beauty is going to be, yeah, beauty is going to be next. And I think there's a huge opportunity here for like specialized beauty skincare recommendations. Um, I think that the beauty industry is so interesting because it's, it's just goo that you're putting on your face. And a lot of the goo is very similar despite the insane price difference. Like I have tried so many different skincare products. I've tried all the way from like the ordinary to La Mer and there's not a big difference. Like it is just goo that you put on your face and depending on your, your income bracket, you're going to buy more expensive goo. So I think there's really interesting opportunities with like wallet connections for curated, um, curated experiences and more community experiences. So I mean, right now there's a huge beauty community on Reddit. Um, there's a couple subreddits that I frequent that are like, like thousands and thousands of people, mostly women, but some men too, um, that are giving each other beauty and skincare recommendations. Like if you ever have a, a skincare problem, don't Google it, just go to Reddit and I guarantee you're going to find a better answer. And so I think there's a big opportunity here for building web three communities in um, the beauty industry. And I also think, and I don't know a lot about DAOs, like I'm very new to DAOs, but I think there's a really interesting opportunity for DAOs to fund like independent research for skincare. Um, there's not a lot of research out there that's reputable. There's like one skincare brand that actually publishes their studies. Uh, so I think, and mostly because it's cost prohibitive. So if you had a DAO that all got together and was like, okay, we're going to do actual research on these these skincare brands there's a an interesting opportunity there maybe i'll start a DAO. maybe it'll be me will you join my <laughs> do DAO? it yeah let's do it yeah let's do it perfect 
<laughs> Perfect indeed. Okay, so beauty is coming. Um, yeah, and I think obviously that'll definitely help to bring more women into the space. But what else? What else do you see next? What are there? Is there another industry that comes straight to mind? Um, I would say like CPGs, like consumer packaged goods, um, are probably going to be next. I think it's going to be sneaky. Like I think it's going to get into grocery stores kind of sneaky. Okay. I don't know. Because I think that, and maybe this will take a while, I'm not sure, because I talk to people like my parents and my dad wants nothing to do with this. He just tells people I work on the internet and I keep saying that he can't say it like that. (laughs) What does your daughter do? She works on the internet. Um, And my mom like kind of gets it, but not really. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, but like as, as like, our generation who does understand it or at least is open to it start it starts to be more commonplace I think we're just going to start seeing different places that where it'll make sense to connect your wallet or it'll make sense like if you connect your wallet maybe you'll get loyalty points like right now we Mm -hmm. have like loyalty cards and you can usually you can store them on your phone now so you're not bringing around a giant wallet of cards um but I think we're going to see rather than having to open the app and get your loyalty card, it's going to be like wallet connect and that wallet connect does two things, right? Because it's giving them the information of your wallet, but it's also giving like, so they get the information from your wallet. So they get to see all the NFTs in your wallet and then they have your wallet address so they can kind of follow you around on the internet. And that's a part where I'm like, I don't know about that, mm-hmm. but for you, it gives you the advantage and the convenience of just having to, hopefully it'll just be tapped to connect and then, you'll be able to maybe even pay for whatever you're purchasing at the pharmacy or, or whatever it is. Um, I think there's an interesting opportunity for healthcare as well. Um, and like record record keeping, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I think that's going to be a ways away. Like, I don't know if I'm going to see that. Um, cause I think it's going to be that far away, okay. but I think there's a really interesting opportunity for like, healthcare, record keeping, pharmaceuticals, stuff like that, that I haven't really fully thought through of how it would work. But yeah, I see, I see a dis- in the distance. Okay. It's out there for someone to do. <laughs> yes. It's out there for someone to do. Yes. Good. All right. Um, great. So do you have any tips for future merchants and or web three developers? Um. So my biggest, hottest tip for everyone is never click a link. Um, okay. You get an email that has a link in it and it asks you to connect your wallet. Like, just make sure that that link is actually legitimate. There are a lot of scams out there. So be very careful when you're signing wallet transactions. Whenever anyone asks me for a tip, no matter who it's for, that's what I always say. Because people get scammed all the time. Even people who've been in the space forever get scammed. So protect yourself online, protect your identity, don't get scammed. Um, I think that my biggest tip for probably merchants or developers, for developers, it's um, selfishly, we need more token-gated commerce apps and we need them to be a better experience. So get on it, build those, please. And at Shopify, we're working internally. Like I know it's hard to build on us with Web3 when we don't have any Web3 APIs. So I understand <laughs> and we are working on it. Um, and so there should be some very interesting things coming. I'm not going to say soon, but we're, we, we understand (laughs) we have heard, we have heard your feedback. Um, and then I think for merchants, the biggest thing for them would be to talk to their customers 
and see if this is actually something they want. Think about different creative ways where this sort of technology might benefit your customer. Um, usually there is some kind of way. It's going to be different for every brand, but I think that there's probably some sort of Web3 way that can either help your customers make things easier or just make things a little bit fun and interesting. Even if it's just a, a toy part right now, I think that's okay. But just making sure that whatever you do actually resonates with your customers and they're not like, what is this? Yeah. Okay. There. Good. Very good. Um, I think that's the first time we've had someone give a warning for their for their tip, but that's great. Never I love click it. A link. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, good. So, is there anything that you want to plug for yourself for Shopify? Anything you want to shout out here before the end? Well, I'm going to be speaking at uh, NFT Miami, and I'm going to be at NFT LA, but not speaking. So, if you're going to be at those places, and there's like interesting things or whatever, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at that crypto witch. Um, so you can hit me up there and uh, follow me on Twitter. That's my plug. And um, yeah, I would also recommend following like Shopify and uh, my product director Roble is also a very interesting follow on Twitter. If you want to keep up with the news of the things that we're going to be putting out, uh, because there's some very cool stuff coming down the pipeline. And uh, we're very excited to share it with you. Wonderful. Good. And then our very last question, who should we have next on Venley Expert Talks? I think, and I don't know if, I, I, I don't know if she'll say yes, but the founder of the Women in NFTs Discord, uh, Kay, I will send you her information. Uh, she is the most fantastic community builder I think I've ever met. Um, and I think she's very... She's just very like smart and interesting. And she built this crazy community on Discord that's now at over like thousands of women uh, out of a tweet that she just tweeted. She was like, I wish there was a place to talk to more women but about NFTs. I'm going to start a Discord. And it just like it blew up. So I'll send you uh, her, her info. I think I just have her Twitter. And uh, I would recommend if you can get her on. I would listen to that. <laughs> Good. I would Good. like that. <laughs> perfect all right well thank you so much for taking your time today and talking to us and uh hopefully we can meet in person someday soon yeah are you gonna be at uh nftla or miami i wish new york <laughs> no nope. so no? i i'm based in germany okay well i'll have to cross the pond and come see you yes okay that would be great <laughs>